0: was talk 1110993WBT The suspect from yesterday's pursuit all throughout Charlotte lasting some almost 2 hours is Tyler Christopher Harding date of birth August 6th, 1995. He is charged with 4 counts of vehicle theft, 2 counts of felony hit and run, possession of a stolen vehicle, felony flee to elude, burglary and numerous traffic citations and he was uh, assessed a bond of $115,000. He has felony arrest histories from Texas and was new to the Charlotte area. Well, welcome, Tyler. The second suspect and a passenger identified in yesterday's incident is Krista Brooke Harding, date of birth uh, March tenth, nineteen 1994. So a year and a half older than... Uh, then Tyler, Tyler and Krista, not sure if they're a couple or if they're siblings. She is charged with possession of a stolen vehicle. 115K for him, 25K for her. Not sure if she's from Texas either. Um, oh, it says she's a Charlotte resident. So maybe he came to see her, uh, to live with her. So maybe siblings. Maybe he had uh, run out of his luck down in Texas, and so he decided to come to Charlotte and immediately steal a whole bunch of cars and use them as uh, weapons against the law-abiding citizenry here in Charlotte. And he's given a $115,000 bond. I do not know if it's secured or not. He's got a first appearance on uh, tomorrow. So I suspect, you know, save the $11,500 and just wait it out and then go see the judge. And now it's going to be up to the judge to determine whether to keep holding him on that, you know, or to let him post bail at a lower amount, at the same amount, whatever. Now it's going to be up to the judge. What will the judge do? We shall see. Let's go to the phone, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Jason, thanks for hanging on. Welcome to the program. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: I'm all right, man. What's up?
1: Yeah, I just believe the punishment should be worse than the crime, you know what I mean?
0: Worse than the crime.
1: Yeah, worse than it shouldn't fit it. It should be worse than the crime. That that'll deter anybody else from doing this stupid stuff. And also I believe this guy was from Texas, he was doing Charlotte. You know what? Let him pay and do whatever he has to do for the courts here, then kick him out of North Carolina and don't let him come back.
0: I don't know if you could do that. Uh, That's an interesting yeah, I idea we, though. Yeah. I, Yeah, so like uh, excommunication from the state. You're not allowed to come back in. Although we would have to build a wall then. We'd have to build a wall around the entire Uh, state. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. (laughs) There you go. All right. Jason, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you. All right, brother. Yeah. Now, I will say this. Uh, There's the old stories about uh, in medieval times where they had no utensils. But in medieval times, um, they would hang the pickpockets, the thieves. They would hang them. And then during the public hangings, the thieves would mill about the crowd and pick people's pockets. So I'm not sure if it works as a deterrent. This is the same thing with the debate over the death penalty, for example. There are are proponents of the death penalty, supporters of it, that want to see it televised because they believe it will act as a deterrent for others. The people who are opposed to the death penalty also support televising them why because they think people will become so shocked at it that it will generate opposition to the death penalty i don't know who's right obviously we don't televise them let's go to joe welcome to the show joe how are you
2: doing great pete love the show thanks Thanks. man but uh i was robbed i guess twice a couple years ago and um the thing I got out of it, other than me, it dropped, was, you know, you have to assume that nobody's coming to help you. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. 90% of the time when you call the cops, whatever bad things happened has already happened.
0: Oh, yeah. And, Most of the know, time. You,
2: oh, yeah. So you have to, whether it's concealed carry or it's, you know, def- an alarm system for your house or some kind of security around your house or whatever it is, you need to take that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you're just asking to be a victim, I think.
0: No, it's true. Dan Starks used, yeah. Dan Starks used to talk about this all the time. Don't be a victim. There, you know. It, it, and there was a fella I knew, um, the late Bob Plyler from Acumen Arms up in uh, the Asheville area, uh, and and he talked about this very kind of training where when you walk into a room, you're looking for, you know, points of egress, points of entry. You're thinking in terms of concealment uh, versus cover. Uh, and when you start thinking like that and start, you know, taking more of an active role in your own security, then these things become more important to you, become more aware of them. And I think you're less likely to be a victim, as Starks would say, like, you know, woman walking down the street. It, is she walking down the street looking at her phone and carrying a purse and not even paying attention? Is she more likely to get her purse stolen from a purse snatcher uh, than a woman who's walking down the street, you know, head up, eye contact holding on to her purse with you know both hands or whatever is she more you know is she less likely i would say yes she's less likely to be a victim right
2: yeah right. yeah you know the, and when things happen bad they happen fast true that's yeah you know, that's that's a that's a good mentality
0: yeah no it's true joe thanks for the call man i appreciate it it's uh yeah it's the it, what's the old joke that uh, when seconds matter police are minutes away that is true Uh, by the way. um, And that's not a knock on police. They're only human, right? Unless they happen to be right nearby, they can get there very quickly, but yeah, most of the time, the bad thing has already occurred. Um, I got a a tweet here. South Carolina open carry is only an option for concealed carry permit holders. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, Let me go over here to Billy, who's up next. Hello, Billy! Welcome to the show. What's up?
3: Hey, just like to make a comment. Yeah. I I was a police officer in Charlotte for five years, and you used to have a person's respect or their fear. It really didn't matter which one, you ended up with the same result. But now you have neither. So mm. people can do what they want. And uh, it's going to get worse.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think it also is going to get worse because you're going to see over time a different kind of person that still wants to do that gig. And I don't well, know. I don't know who those people are going to be in the future, but I'm. I don't have as much confidence.
3: Well, it, the training is good. You know, I can look at both sides. Yeah, I've seen police brutality when I was a police officer. Um, it was on call tour, but that was twenty some years ago. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to officers who were before me, the stuff you hear was pretty crazy. And I think with society now, we're not allowed, you know, they say if you see something, say something. Bull, you don't want to do that. You'll get, you'll get either sued or something like that, just like these kids who are doing these shootings. You suspect something, but you better not say anything because if you say something, the parents will either sue you or the father will come over there and beat you or something. It, it's, it's a strange environment. People don't know what to do. They don't know who to trust. It's, I don't know what could correct it. Yeah. But they uh, they need to do uh, changes in mental health laws. Like, I totally believe when you have a child who's 18, they have psychological problems. Parents have no right to the records. So, I mean, what can you do? They need to change the things where parents have some more rights. More power. I'm paying the bill. I should know what's going on because you can go to counseling all day long, but all you're doing, if you're listening to the patient, are you really getting all the facts? Mm -hmm. You don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, and there needs to be criminal justice reform. When you see somebody do something and you report it, if the event occurred and maybe things weren't as you saw them, there should be, um, you shouldn't be liable. You know, there, you, you've got to have some common sense here, and there is no common sense anymore.
0: Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree, Billy. I appreciate the call, sir, and, uh, well, and uh, thanks for your service, too. I appreciate it. News Talk Eleven Ten Ninety Nine Three wbt According to CMPD Lieutenant Stephen Fishbeck, says the rise in the number of Police pursuits is the result of an increase in violent crime and better enforcement technology. He says that's based on anecdotal evidence from his experience. Uh, He told WCNC-TV, though, that uh, he could not provide data to support that explanation. Department records that were analyzed by WCNC Charlotte show the number of CMPD pursuits has more than quadrupled over the last decade. So from 2011 to now, to to 2021, I should say. So for the 10-year period, from 11 to 21, the number of police pursuits went from 22 to 97. And and, uh, CMPD has not provided a breakdown of how the pursuits ended, despite uh, requests for that information some two months ago by uh, the television station. Internal Affairs annual reports show that while... Most CMPD pursuits started with crimes like armed robbery and assault with a deadly weapon. Some began with traffic violations. Over the last decade, CMPD documented 16, uh, just under 3%, uh, 16 pursuits that started with traffic offenses uh, other than driving while impaired. So that's usually what apparently prompts it. Uh, Fishback acknowledged there are alternatives to tracking down offenders other than pursuits and said if there's a way for offenders to prevent a, uh, uh, if uh, if there's a way for officers to prevent a pursuit then that is the department's goal is to not pursue. See this is why when I think an earlier caller said something like let police do their jobs this is what their jobs are because the people who tell them what their jobs are told them this is what their job is. And on an unrelated matter Early voting for Charlotte City Council began today in Charlotte. Uh, David, welcome to the program. Hello, David. How are you? Hey, Pete. Pretty good. Thank
1: hey. you. Uh, now I got two things for you. Uh, right. First is, why wasn't this guy charged with carjacking? Didn't they pass a law a while back making carjacking a federal crime? So... With penalties?
0: I don't know on the uh, that's a good question on the federal side. I'm not sure about the federal side. Uh, I think the reason why there was a tweet that was sent out yesterday or comments by the chief yesterday where remember early on they were saying it was a carjacking. These were carjackings. But then he came back and said uh, these were uh, uh, larcenies, not carjackings, because in two of the three or three of the four vehicles, he did not uh, they were unoccupied. So Uh, that—there weren't people in the cars, and uh, so they were—like, one was a Grubhub delivery driver that left the car door open, and so that was one of the cars he stole. Uh, The last one that prompted the the police um, chasing him was because they didn't know if he had gotten into a vehicle with somebody else in it. So that could uh, have been a carjacking, but it it turned out not to be.
1: Second thing I got— something that's not getting a lot of play in the news is the two non-citizens that were caught getting ready to do a mass shooting. And I think it was in Virginia. And when I read about this, the first thing I thought of was all these people pouring across our border. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you that these guys were in those crowds, and I can also guarantee you they are not alone.
0: Sure. I'd say the odds are more than good that really bad people have been coming across the border. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, you know, the calls that you're getting from folks, like the guy who was talking about Chauvin, people are just frustrated. They're mm-hmm. tired of criminals getting away with stuff. You know, I was a cop three years and mm-hmm. I had to get out of it. Mm-hmm. I recognized real quick, I don't have a temperament for this. Yeah. If I go to pick up somebody who just raped a four-year-old or somebody like Dylan Roof, he ain't gonna make it to the station the report <laughs> would read suspect produced a handgun not found an initial search pointed it at me was shot 11 times till
0: he dropped the weapon case closed right uh and while handcuffed yeah right <laughs> oh no he got out of them oh he got out of them. <laughs> i got, I got out you out gotcha. all right <laughs> that's okay good enough david i appreciate the call and good for you for recognizing that you uh that you don't have the temperament obviously look i don't either i would not be able to do that job i know that i would not be able to do that job News Talk 1110-993-WBT. You can call 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at thepetecalendershow.com. That's calendar with a -A K-A-L-I-N-E-R. Here's an email to said email address from Mike. Pete, while we're getting excited about stop sticks, pit maneuvers, and police barricades, don't forget about Snoopy. The police helicopter, you load up some cinder blocks and have the second officer just shove them right out over on top of the fleeing vehicle. You could call it uh, snoop poop. (laughs) Bam, it's raining bricks. There you go. Just trying to help. That's, That's the kind of solutions that I'm all about. That's the kind of solution I want to see you people bring to the table. That's the standard. And you're talking to a guy who came up with the cartapult idea. What's the cartapult? I hear you ask. Great question. See, out in Asheville, the city leaders and a lot of the locals uh, who were just recent arrivals to the area within the last like seven years or so, and then they became like anarchists, and, and so they pressure the city council and they hate tourists. I don't know if you're aware of that. And a lot of people in Charlotte go to Asheville for tourism, they hate you. They don't want you there, they, but they want your money. So they would very much like for you to just give them the money, but not hang out downtown around them, okay? Because that's their downtown. And when you show up wearing, you know, like the collared shirt and some khaki shorts, uh, or, uh, th- they don't like you. So, uh, But again, they want your money. So I came up because, again, I'm all about solutions. I said, how about this? How about we have a, a sort of like a, a trebuchet? And as the vehicles come across the road, it would launch the vehicle over the city. And as the vehicle turns, you know, end over end, as it flies over the city, so the people would get to see the city, right? The tourists get to see the city, which is what they want to see. And they get to see a great view of the mountains. And the car is tumbling. And as the car tumbles, then the money falls out of the car and it just constantly rains money down onto the streets of Asheville, which uh, are decrepit. And so then they could take some of that money and actually use it for the core services that they ignore. Um, And I thought, I mean, okay, there is, we just have to work out the landing part. But other than that, it's a solid idea. And that's what I bring to the table. Those are the solutions that I am all about. Just so you know where I'm coming from. Let's give it a whirl, Dean. What is going on? Oh,
2: hey, I got a. So why don't we, instead of hiring police, why don't we just train bounty hunters? You know, and and then they can go after them, and you know we don't have to mm. conform to all the rules and regulations. I, all. Got
0: a, I got I got an even better idea to piggyback off of yours. Just because we are under the cone of creativity, there are no bad ideas. So, mm. why even train the bounty hunters, Dean? There you go. Right? Why do we even need to train them? Why we just? it'll just be like a lottery badge system where everybody who wants to be a bounty hunter throws their name in a hat. We pull some names out. We give them the the badge and then uh, give them like the list of people to go get. There, you
2: know. Gosh, there's so many things out there. I just can't believe it. Hey, when you, when I when when you were talking about. Bail and bonds and yeah. stuff and everything, and you made, you know, sort of a very strong statement about it just being too low. in that I thought, well, I wondered how low is low. You know, you have to compare it to something. So I tried to look it up, and apparently, it's a very fluid kind of thing. It that, is. Uh, is you know, I don't know. Whoever argues the best case gets the lowest bond or something. The like magistrate?
0: That. No, the magistrate makes that call. And this, this, uh, you know, this sometimes. Puts cops uh, uh, against the magistrates because some, you know, sometimes they'll accuse the magistrates of um, of trying the case, essentially making certain decisions without all of the information or deferring more towards the uh, the suspect who's being charged versus not. And it it is. Yes, there is a lot of room for subjective judgment. Absolutely.
2: Well, do you have to be represented by a bail bondsman or
0: anything? No, or, or no, no, no. So the the cops will come in and the you know they they go to the magistrate. and They're like, here's what the uh, the guy is arrested for. Here are the charges, and uh, mm-hmm. and then the magistrate will make a determination. Because remember the the point of the bond, the point of uh, of making bail, the point of a bond is to ensure that you arrive at your first appearance, right? That's yeah, why, right. and so, and so, if they think you're a flight risk, then they would either, you know, give you a massive bond or make it secured, make you have to pay the whole thing or whatever, um, or just not even allow you to post a bond. But uh, you, that's got to be a really serious offense in order to not even get a bond from the magistrate. I don't even know if they do that in Mecklenburg County. So uh, there are, yeah, there are a lot of different a lot of different ways that magistrates, as I understand the role. There's a lot of different ways that uh, that they can, you know, let somebody out or keep them in to some degree. But the whole point is to make them show up at that first appearance where the judge then gets to make the determination for the longer term as they start the legal process of trying the suspect.
2: Well, where does the bail bondsman come in? Is he like a financer for the thing yes. or
0: somewhere? He puts. Uh, you know, I, I don't understand yes.
2: where
0: they. What, yeah. So the bond. Yeah. So a bail bondsman would. All right. Let's say, uh, Dean. Let's say you just led CMPD's helicopter on a two-hour chase all through Charlotte, and uh, you finally get uh, arrested because you're uh, you, you you smash into another car. Uh, so you get thrown into into the clink, and uh, you're they give you a one hundred fifteen thousand dollar bond. Now you don't have one hundred fifteen thousand dollars. I'm sure you do, but let's let's pretend that you don't. So you don't have one hundred fifteen k. But I, as a bondsman, I will post that. You give me ten percent of the total, so eleven thousand five hundred. I will I will make sure that you show up in court. And if you don't, then I'm on the hook for that money. I'm on the hook for that. And that means I I pay the court system. That's why I will then go and find your butt and bring you back to the jail, bring you back to court, because I won't get my money back if you don't ever get back to court. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I tried to look it up, and I tried to see something, you know, some kind of— uh... You know, so metrics or anything, and the only thing I could find was like a week ago, some a, a, a police officer was shot in Noda, and yep, um, it was one hundred and seventy thousand.
0: Yep, isn't that amazing? So, so that's the going rate. So you can basically commit mass mayhem on the streets of Charlotte, and you can walk with a ten percent bail of about eleven k. That's the standard, eleven to twelve thousand. So if you're a career criminal and you can actually get yeah. your hands on eleven to twelve thousand dollars, then you can you can uh, you you can commit all sorts of acts of violence against your fellow citizens, and you'll be able to walk that very day. I mean, just like literally a revolving door. There, you'll be able to walk right through uh, if you pay eleven to twelve thousand. That's the going rate for crime so, now.
2: So criminals aren't stupid; they just know better than us.
0: Yeah, because the, look, they they know the system better than a lot of the people in the system because they interact with it so well, uh, so often, rather, right? It, it only makes sense. Sure, they know the system, and when people that, that are you know going to work every day and paying attention to you know their families, their their houses and stuff, they're not paying attention to all of the the intricacies of the court system, and they find out this stuff, and that's why these stories kind of pop is because oh my god, can, somebody somebody shot a cop. And they're out the next day on eleven thousand dollars bond or uh, seventeen grand bond, fifteen grand, whatever it was. That's that. That's the going rate for crime in in Charlotte. Absolutely.
2: Well, how are magistrates? Last question. Like, I don't mean to be hitting you, but how are
0: magistrates? Are they appointed or are yes. they they're elected? A, yeah, they're appointed. Oh, yeah, they're appointed. Appointed. Yep. Uh, so, I think, the, and it's inside the judicial system. I forget who appoints them. It's either the chief judge. Or it's inside the administrative office of the courts, or clerk. I forget. Uh, I forget who makes the appointments in North Term Carolina. Term limits? No. 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 And you don't even need experience. You don't have to be a lawyer. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Uh, appreciate the yeah. call. Yeah. Thank Dean, you. Take it easy, buddy. News Talk eleven ten ninety nine three WBT. Look, I get it. A lot of the discussion that we've been having, not just on this program, but all the other programs on WBT and also in the city city at large. People are having these conversations, what we've been having, uh, to varying degrees of informant, informedness, inform, knowledge. Um, And some people know what they're talking about. Some people do not. Uh, you know, I fall into both of those camps depending on what area of the topic we're we're covering here, but I get it that it's a judgment call, that the, the police were trying to make the best judgment that they could whether to pursue and how long and all this. I would just respectfully suggest two hours is too freaking long. Okay, that's... I would just, just sub- submit that. Respectfully, it's too long. That guy could have killed dozens of people. And I know at that point you would have gone in and done something to try to stop him. at that point. Yeah, I get that. But those people would still be dead. The people that got hit in the, uh, in the accidents, they still got hit. And, and I don't consider that to be like, Oh, okay. We'll just kind of look the other way and wait for him to stop again. Cause he's obviously not stopping when you get out and get into another vehicle and then proceed to drive as he has been driving. So he knows he's being followed. Right? Otherwise, you're saying what? He's just driving like that because he thinks he's playing Grand Theft Auto, Life Size ed- ed- Edition? No. Uh, let me jump over here. This is Joe. Hello, Joe. Welcome to the program. How are you?
4: Good afternoon, sir, and God bless. You have a good show. No, oh, thank you. Actually, a great show.
0: Oh, my gosh.
4: I'm an old radio TV guy, own, produce, direct, and host on radio shows with Paul Harvey and Aldi North back in the 90s. Reason I called you, you might want to laugh at this, you may not. You were saying about this guy tearing away, he could have killed a lot of people. Yeah, 15 rounds in the roof would have straightened out his problem, by the way. But I'm going to back up a little bit in history. Back in the 1800s, a guy had a horse, he plowed his field, he got to town to get his supplies, but when you stole his horse, he had nothing. His family had nothing. So they hung people. And a guy came into town, sees the guy hanging there. He's not going to steal a horse. Well, and in this day and age, Joe,
0: that's and he not true. Got, Joe, that's not true though.
4: Hundred and seventy crimes that were committed. They, they went out there and raped and killed and burned and looted. And we're going to protest. Well, nobody did anything about it. And when you go out and you rape and you kill three year olds right here in Charlotte, okay, in New York City, I worked with the cops. I had cops working for me. I put little girls under the subway and grind them up just to see them grind up. I mean, things are bad. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should bring back not just the death penalty. Hang them
0: around for a while. All right. So, Joe, here's the, here's the problem with the anecdote. If the hanging the horse thieves in town actually deterred or discouraged people from stealing horses, then there wouldn't have been any horse thieves. Correct. But there were. Yeah, but... People, that's the thing. Down. Criminals don't care. A lot, criminals don't care. The, a lot of times you're talking about people who are like sociopaths, psychopaths, right? They don't think they're going to get caught. And if they do get caught, oh well, they don't care. That's to them, that they've already assessed that risk and it doesn't rate for them. So they
4: want the notoriety. They want to be on TV. They want people to look at them. That's yeah. what it's all
0: about. Well, I mean I I do agree that if somebody were to go about starting to steal horses, that definitely would make the news. That would make the TV news. They would be on t- I agree with that. That is probably true. Joe, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you. Look, I this is the this is the, the challenge, right? It's the same subjective nature of the question of the police pursuit policies that we're trying to wrestle with. What is the appropriate level of response? Whether it's to bring them into custody or it's to uh, to punish them once convicted, what is the appropriate response? And I I recognize my limitations as a uh, as an expert. Not an expert in this field, but I do believe that two hours is too long. That's way too long. Four different car thefts, too many, and a hundred fifteen thousand dollar bond, too low. I think that's pretty. I, I, I think that's pretty obvious. I think it's pretty obvious. If you're not willing to throw. Every one of the charges that you could possibly throw at this guy. I don't know how you expect these things not to continue. But maybe that's kind of the, the, the point here. I do want to tell you the real quick story here. WSOC TV's Jason Stujenki got a hold of the guy from the silver pickup truck yesterday. Uh, the guy who attempted to take out this maniac on the roads. Abraham Nassar. He said he was following the uh, Channel Nine News app. Got to pl- get that plug in. and he saw what was going on, and then he witnessed the vehicle shoot across a parking lot at Park and Woodlawn Roads. So this is at that is a mobile station. They've got it now shut down. I don't know what's happening to it. I think I thought it was going to get renovated, but I think they're actually demo- uh, demoing it. It's right across from like Man Travel. The other corner is uh, what the the uh, the bank, the Chase Bank. Anyway, Park Road and Woodlawn, and um. I see the guy just cut through, almost hit a couple cars, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to stop him. He then follows and rams the suspect once. He says, you know, I got a steel bumper, so I said, let me put it to the test. Moments later, he rams him again. Then Nasser rode the SUV through the intersection, and he says he saw a lady walking by, so that's how he slowed down a bit. Uh, the SUV got away, but not for long. Nasser bumped him at least two more times but then had damage to his truck too much. Uh the truck started smoking and it came to a stop. Which is why which is why you do not do that. You don't hit the front end of your car. Hello. Anybody who's played state of decay knows that. You go after the you go after the back left corner or back right corner. That's where that you gotta but you gotta get in. I don't think his car had the power to get uh in front of or, or parallel to that infinity. So, uh, I, but I don't know. But that's how you do it. You would roll up next to it and then kind of nudge on the left bumper side, and you just keep nudging, nudging, nudging until it it uh, destabilizes the vehicle and it flips over, potentially killing lots of people, which is also why you probably shouldn't engage in that kind of behavior. Just my two cents. Red Winterbill's coming up next. Stick around, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone. <laughs>